0: Alright, welcome everyone to the Cash Cast, Pat Hilton with Jason Palliser and Mr. Ty
1: Lassiter. Yes, yes, back in town and here live this week with my first real estate business coach, Jason. So excited to have him back in the office today, kind of crushing my dreams on what we've been doing <laughs> with marketing. So he's coming it back happens. in, though, right? mean, we I mean, we've been, we've been basically being highly successful off of the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. And he came in and pointed out real quick that the low-hanging fruit is not a business model to build around. And so uh, we're kind of building out around that.
2: So That hurt a little bit this morning, but we will yeah. it out. You're feeling but better now?
1: N- no egos in business. <laughs> I've found yeah. out how to put that on the shelf and just kind of walk away from it and say, Bye, ego. Let's yeah, tell yeah. me what I'm doing wrong and kick me in the ass while I'm doing it. So. That's right. So. I love it. Well, we're going to dive into the
0: intro, and then these guys are going to take it away. They're going to give you guys a ton of information on what you can do to take it to the next level. Cast, coming in fast, relative info on investments that will smash, miss out on this, you'll be coming in last, Acoustic Force, bringing the intro blast.
1: Hey, this is Vanilla Ice, and I'm chilling with my man, Ty Lasseter. and I want to tell you, one command, stop, collaborate, and listen, Key City Capital is about to throw down, so get it how you live it, and always remember,
2: cash Cast
1: Baby, <laughs> bet I have had a number of sellers that have told us that we got the deal because we touched their their property, we touched them, we had marketing to them, we were in front of them more often than our competition was. Alright, these guys are going to take it away and uh, let's get it All going. let's go. So, okay. Jason stepped in this morning, and one of the first things that we've noticed in our marketing is that everything that we're going after, we're hitting with like the first, second, maybe third touch, and then we're moving on and mm-hmm. yep. bouncing from one list to the next just because we're hitting the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. But that doesn't really always work in some of the bigger metropolitan areas where your values are stronger and it's easier to raise capital in some of those. So kind of what have you seen as you've worked with this this morning with what we're doing and how you're approaching to change that?
2: Yeah, so for everybody viewing at home, uh, we just went into this morning, we started with breaking down what they're currently doing right now. Hey, show me what you're doing. Hey, where are you getting most of your deals? What lists are you going to? And kind of just break down and show me your process. So what we quickly uncovered, right? I mean, within two or three minutes is that, hey, we're just doing this, and and it kind of came to light. He's like, well, truth be told, (laughs) we're just trying to get that (laughs) low-hanging fruit, right? And uh, so, hey, we make an offer. If they accept our offer, boom, we're good. If they don't accept our offer, uh, we'll just throw another Hail Mary pass at them, maybe follow up once and that's it. And we'll just keep grabbing more lists, right? So it's really hard to have a business model that you want to scale and sustain and grow, right? If all you're, do- if you're at the mercy of grabbing yet another list and then grabbing yet another list and then just trying to grab all the what we call low-hanging fruit or what I call lay-down deals, right? Yeah. And And uh, just on your first offer, second offer. So what we started to do this morning, which is going to have a real impact over time, is that we suspended the, hey, what you normally think about follow-up. Everybody thinks about follow-up. Oh, I'm going to get them back on the phone, have them try and see it my way, and then try and close that deal and basically just club them over the head again, right? Right. Uh, deals close when you create the relationship. So what we started to do this morning was like, hey, let's just build out a real, uh, a real flow. After you make your offer, you should assume, right, like you've been taught, you should assume that they're always going to disagree on price. That's just the beginning, Right. So what we did is we started to construct a better path uh, this morning to once you get those leads, once they tell you, "Hey, I'm here, you're here," and uh, you've already got the low you already got the easy deals closed. So now what we're going to do is throw them into a real system of follow up. So what we've been breaking down this morning is like, "Hey, let's follow up," and it's not follow up like it, that. That's 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 a cliche in today's world. Follow up and be consistent. That's what everybody around the nation says, right? Duh, no kidding, right? So what we started to do this morning was like what what is our first interaction post post phone call post appointment I'm going to be to actually win that game right
1: right right well and I think you brought up a good point too that and we're saying low hanging fruit low hanging fruit is not like you have no idea we're getting low hanging fruit because of what we learned through the 2 day blueprint i think and the attack that we've that we've approached it with is so dialed in that we are getting some that are very easy deals. absolutely, yeah. But then we're missing out on probably 30 40 maybe 50% more deals that we're missing out on because we're not setting up that follow-up campaign. And this is something that everybody that goes through your two-day blueprint learns. Yeah. But I think it's like we come in and there's... I got so much stuff to implement so quickly that I implemented a little bit. We got some success with it, and then I just took that for granted, and we just mm-hmm. kind of stopped there. Correct. And then I realized, okay, we need to sustain and grow this because... We've got some systems in place, but not so much that if I step out or if our entire team steps out that has been doing acquisitions, the next person in line isn't going to know exactly what to do without us helping out a little bit.
2: Yeah, so, and, what, yeah, so what we've been doing this morning is, is putting together infrastructure that everybody has visibility to all those leads. We expect, I mean, you you close a small percentage of the leads. That, that when we do a blueprint, of course, you're going to get those easy, what we call laid-out deals. But where the real money is made is how do you build a machine that's that leaves that conversation being the most valuable to the homeowner, whether you buy their house or not. You offered so many things of value to them that when you actually just throw them into follow up, but it's not follow up like you get them back on the phone and try and make them see it your way. It's polite follow up. Hey, I was in the area, just didn't know if the house was still available or not. Then your next follow up is up. Hey, I think I might have a buyer for you. Do you think? Now think about this, folks. Do you think a homeowner is going to respond if you go, Hey, I think I might have a buyer for you? And let's say you're twenty grand apart on price, like we discussed this morning. And then you say, hey, look, I, th- I think I have a friend uh, that is interested that could come up two grand. Now, they're probably still going to say no, but now they associate you with somebody that they need to answer your call or your text message because you're being polite. And so when you're several layers deep, it, the thing is, is you don't know when they're going to be ready to sell. Uh, they might have been ready to sell two weeks before you talked to them the first time, but then they are in a different space. So when you're in front of them the longest, the best with a good relationship without just trying to beat them over the head with follow-up again and again and again, you're going to win those games. So what did we start to do today? We started to put those follow-up measures in place and have complete consistency, whether it's yourself or anybody else on your team is, is in follow-up mode. They, they know exactly you're, you're on touch five, you're on touch six. You're on touch, So we're going to actually build out a machine that's several layers deep because what we always tell everybody is this, you're going to make the most money and all those people in follow-up because somebody's going to get that deal, and if you have the best relationship and you follow up better, politely, you're going to win that game.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, I think one of the things that uh, I guess it's a a deal that worked with you guys that you have talked about to us before was one where you came and mowed some lady's house that didn't live in St. Louis where you were at. I, I can't remember. She was what three, four hours away or something yeah, like two that. You offered to be yep. there to mow her lawn before she got there. So we implemented something a little bit like that. We offered to move somebody from Texas to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. because their main thing was they had to be closed on their house and moved to Minnesota within two weeks. Well, we were the only one that really worked through that pain point and figured out what it was that they needed. And then, again, though, it's just something that if you don't document this process and have this follow-up process set in place so that everybody on your team can see it, as you as the leader of your company start to step out a little bit and implement team members, if it is not fully documented 100% with your expectations, there's going to be steps that are missed along the way, and that's kind of what we're finding out now. So how, what is it that you document in, in, in your business that allows you to know that all of your team members are implementing a process to where they are finding the value points that that seller is needing, or the pressure points that that so seller is needing?
2: So what we do is we have everybody learn uh, on the same system, and we build it on a system that has complete transparency, which means... You can come or grow. I can come or grow. It doesn't matter who. Anybody in your organization can, with one click of a button, be inside and see where everything's at, how many times they've been followed up with, and also hanging like an apple from a tree to pluck. What is the next What is the next protocol, that the, the polite follow-up? We turn it into an email if we have their email or a text message or a phone call or a voicemail, right? So we just put all of that in place to remove the thinking. So imagine a world where you did your job. They want this. You want this. You expected that to happen, and now they're in your machine and a machine that's better than the competition, like you said, mowing the grass. So we teach you to be the most valuable. You, you tell them, you do a takeaway closing like you've been taught to do, and hey, look, we don't buy our house. We try and help everyone that we talk to. So it relieves the pressure immediately. You get those easy uh, low-hanging fruit deals, but you make the most money on the follow-up, and you have a good relationship like, hey, whether we buy your house or not, we'll go ahead and cut your grass because we just want to help you stop getting fines and violations. And Watch when you try that at home. You start doing that, and at, at, most of the time they don't take you up on it. But some, some do, some don't. But I'm telling you right now, just by offering that, like that particular lady you are speaking about, she came two hours into town. We finished cutting her grass. She walked in the house, and her relatives messed up the house and needed work. And she walked in, and just because we helped her so much before we even started talking to her about buying the house, she, she got teary-eyed and she goes, let's do it. She, we didn't even go in numbers. number. She goes, let's do it. And it's because we were the most valuable. So, like you said, help them move. People offer to help them move, but we have steps that we put in place to, to go deeper than that. Uh, one, one mistake that investors make, uh, which we're adding to protocol here too, just, just refreshing you on it, right? Is that in, help a person if, you're, if they're going to move, help them envision being in their next house. It takes folks at home 30 seconds. If they say, hey, come to the, I, I want to move to this area, you can go to your card in 30 seconds on Craigslist and Zillow alone, 30 seconds those particular zip codes and you know how much money you're offering them so you know how much based upon your conversation they're probably going to have in their hands can't you go search for that same amount in those areas that they said and come back hey here's here's five houses that, um, if we find a way to be a solution to come to an agreement with you that I think might be a fit for you my team can help you set the appointment if you would like no one does that if you get a person to envision that they can actually move and be somewhere else you're like 90% closer to striking a deal with them yet people don't add that to their process or protocol. So that's what we're doing here today is building out a real flow in a system not only from uh, getting leads and following up with leads correctly, but how do you take take and smash the appointment and be the most valuable to the seller whether you buy their house or not? Because now when you couple that with the follow-up that we put in place and you offer to cut their grass, you show them where they could move, help them move, donate the stuff that they don't want to move with them, uh, to charity. Say, hey, the day we close, if they're in distress, the day we close, expect an email from me, And in that email, we're going to go ahead and start paying for credit repair because we want you to get back to where you want to be as fast as possible. This isn't about us just buying a house. We can buy any house. We're here to help you. When you do stuff like that and leave that appointment, it's not even a fair fight. You don't even care if 20 other people go on that appointment, right? Because now you have them in your machine of follow-up that's super polite without trying to bang them over the head on your price. You win those deals. So then it becomes who can who can feed their machine the most. Right. It's not about uh, what's the third thing I taught you guys. The third thing I taught you guys was uh, master this process. Don't worry about the outcome. Stop trying to get deals when Focus you're on the process, not the results. When you're the when you're most valuable, you win deals. As you know.
1: Yeah. Right. And I mean, I think all of these things still fall into follow up. That that offering, walking out to your car and looking in the neighborhood where it is that they're wanting to move. That's a follow up opportunity that so many investors. Should just go in and they're so worried about getting that deal. Mm-hmm. And f- for us, some of those deals have come simply, pretty easily. And so we've quit focusing on what it is that brings more value or may end up bringing more opportunity. Now with that one lead, you walk in and you're, you're getting an opportunity on their house, but you're also getting an opportunity to put them into another house. That's a deal. So I think Saturday night I met, I met a guy that has a property in Keller that's looking to get into another neighborhood, and, and we're in the process of doing that right there in, mm-hmm. in one example. And it's something that his house probably doesn't have a ton of equity on it, but it's going to be a sub-two type deal. And we're going to turn around and owner finance him another house in another neighborhood that he liked. And so it's an opportunity that we're doubling on instead of just trying to focus on buying his house that probably wouldn't have worked if we would have used a cash offer on it. So.
2: Correct. And, and what we're doing is we're turning this into a real machine. It's easy to go grab lists, right? It's easy to go grab lists and just make some offers and see, see who bites, see who doesn't. That, that's hard to sustain. But if we turn yeah. this into a real machine like we're doing here and we're just doing some fine-tuning and tweaking, right, that you put things in place at the beginning of the lead to the appointment to smashing, uh, to smashing that appointment and doing the seller waltz, being the most valuable, all the way through, which we already hit on this morning as well. I mean, we've gone, we've gone a long way in a short amount of time this morning, all the way through closing and putting protocol in place, they're not going to implement getting testimonials. Because some people, just, just like you at home, you want to read reviews before you buy stuff. So same thing when people are selling their house. They want to learn more about you and are you user-friendly, easy to easy to work with. So we're adding protocol on every closing package, which we talked about this morning. Yeah. You're going to instruct your closers, whether they're a mobile closer or not. It's just one extra document that has some simple Q&A, hey, how was it to work with us? So now they have an army of people that said, hey, they, it was it was great to work with you, and you have an arsenal of testimonials so people can make an easy decision to do business with you and refer other clients to you. That's that's running a full machine, like yeah.
1: right? Yeah, well, you mentioned that, that we're moving in through that process very quickly this morning. I think I've been to three blueprints. Most of my team members have each been to three in a mixture of time frames. And so we all have an understanding. We've implemented portions of it, but every time we go work with Jason, go to a blueprint or now he's here at our office, we have seen a 10, 15 and 20 times growth in what it is that we're doing. And so now we've kind of gotten to the point to where, OK, we've we've done a couple of million dollars last year. We did over 100 deals the last couple of years. We want to do 500 deals in a year. You have to have every aspect of this entire prospect process, process down to a T. Yep. And when you don't have that process down, the results are not going to come. If you're just focused on those results, and I think that's where we step out sometimes, and we see the result, and when we see the result, we go chase after it. And well, yeah, here's of focusing every day. Yeah, and
2: here's that. Here's how one PM happens to people. You start your day, and you look up, and you're like, "Oh, it's one PM," because you got into the office. You're like, hey, where are we at? Where are we at? So that's how. That's how all of a sudden you look up, and it's one PM. You go, "Man, well, I guess I'll get after it tomorrow." <laughs> and uh, so we're removing all that from the process. You don't want to be in a one PM nightmare when you start your day. You want to know by ten or eleven AM, like like i cannot believe how far i am already i already have things happening and it's all it's all in a system that has transparency that everybody else can see i mean that's why you know doing this for 20 years training over twenty-four thousand investors uh i always tell people either that's on on purpose or that's an accident right that's on purpose it's very deliberate uh when you're testing in 138 plus cities you kind of start to figure out the wrinkles and have things down to a science and you fine-tune it and then turn it into a real process that people can follow and that and that's where you start winning. Uh, now that list, and here's the, here's, the funny, here's the funny thing about that. When you get a list and you, you buy a list or some, some of them you get free or whatever, whether it was money you spent or time or time and energy and money, when you have it built out like this, it instantly becomes 10, 20, 30 times more valuable because now you can squeeze out every last drop in, inside that, that list that you worked hard to get, whether it was with a hard-earned dollar or or just uh, getting it free, but time and energy spent to get that list, now you can supersize it instead of just going after low-hanging fruit. There's tons of money in those lists. It's just that you have to have things in place to actually command that that they, when it's time to sell, they come to you, and it's not even a question. That's being the most valuable and running this like a true machine.
1: Uh, you brought up a very good point there, squeezing out everything that you do, and it's something that I've talked about. It's something that one of my other business coaches teaches me and tells me all the time is whatever, whatever you've done, you've, if you bought a list or if you've taken the time to go out and get a list, some of the lists that we get, we actually have to go to the courthouse. We have to spend time there, pull the list. It's a lot of time, effort, and energy, and sometimes money involved. So if you're just burning through that and getting the low hanging fruit and you're missing out on the other 30%, you're not optimizing the efficiency on that. You're, you're, you've are you're got opportunity loss. If you go in and really focus on that process and squeeze everything out, then your cost per lead starts to shrink a lot, lot more. And that's something that we've just now started tracking Really, because it's so hard to track something if you just burn through it one time Correct. and don't have that process in place, you're never going to have a full understanding of your numbers and the cost of your numbers.
2: Well, and just make your life easier, folks. So pretend that out of a list you, you close five deals, and that was your low hanging fruit, right? Mm-hmm. If your process is simply better, if you just close one more deal out of it that makes you fifty grand, was it worth it to do it right? Of course, that just one extra deal is worth it to do it right. Absolutely, and uh. And when you do it this way, it's simply not fair. Like your competition, it's just simply not fair. Well, 90% of our
1: competition is just offering a low-cash offer, and that's it anyway. They make your
2: life easy. If you have it built out well, they freaking make your life super-duper easy.
1: I think three of the contracts we got last week had had other offers on them. But all the other offers was a low-cash offer only. So when we got to the second part of your seller waltz mm-hmm. and got into a terms deal, they immediately jumped on it and said, wow, that's interesting. Because it was almost exactly what they wanted anyways in far, as far as value or as price. Right, yeah. It just so happened that a portion of that came in terms. And Correct. when they understood those terms, they're fine with it. They're still getting the same amount of cash up front as they otherwise would have.
2: And for those who don't know what home, he's talking about uh, on day two of our blueprint when we go over nine different ways to turn a no into a yes – via the cellar waltz. And I think to use about three or four of them. Right I know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we'll have to cut that out later, shameful. They're, they're going to fix it, right? They're going to fix it. Or, I know where their office is, and I'll Mine give everybody goes on to the on the shelf those. over there, so I know yeah. where I'm screwing up. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that. So, yeah. So, so in that cellar waltz, we have different ways to work with them. Two of the techniques, you can always go into an appointment and offer them exactly what they want if they'll do the deal your way, which puts them in a pickle and makes them come clean. So, they, they come clean and tell you their real motivation without even knowing they're doing it. And it makes it super easy for you to close the deal, and that's what he's talking about right now. And all the other investors out there just make a low-cash offer and then just half-heartedly follow up. It makes it makes your guys' life easy. When we have a blueprint built out and you have the seller walls negotiations on top of it, uh, running your machine isn't fair to your competition in any market you enter. I mean, it's pretty, pretty straightforward.
1: All right. Well, I appreciate it, Jason. Let's hey. get back to it. The team's sitting over there waiting for us to keep pushing in through, so I'm going to bring Pat back up. Okay, cool. um, see it. I'll see you over there here in a little bit. Sounds I, I'm good. i to go through some questions real Bye, quick. Bye, folks. So. Killing it. Michael Lewis is uh, thankful to have you on here. Oh, yeah. Mike, Mike, you know
2: how it's done. You know how it's done, my friend.
1: All right.
0: Beautiful. Uh, I love that. There, man, I love what you guys were talking about. And the seller waltz, I like how you've described that to me because obviously a newbie, getting into the game and I'm learning from so many people, and there's a lot of different ways that you can get these deals done, but we always hear about what's popular, which is... Just like i talked talk from a music background, it's what's popular isn't always maybe the best approach uh, for, no, for exactly. anything.
1: For anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we we talked about that. You and I did. And, and Boone and Lee this morning. It's, I mean, it's just so many people, investors, the same thing. You get this idea in your head and then you want to force your idea on, on the business right. market. Whether that is a deal you're trying to buy, an investor you're trying to raise money from, a deal you're trying to sell. You've got to start focusing on the process. And I talk about this all the time, but even, even at, at our level where we've gotten to and, and we've had a lot of success, but sometimes it still creeps back in. And, and you'll see that, you know, you, you see that opportunity out there in front of the process. And so you stop focusing on the process and letting the process lead you, you to that opportunity it. and you go and try to grab it. And you try to take a shortcut. And that shortcut always comes with a problem. No matter what, there's gonna be a ramification for taking that shortcut. If you'll focus on the process, that opportunity may turn into two, three, or four opportunities. Or I talk about, you know, LTV. That's not 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 loan to value, but lifetime value. So the lifetime value of any one opportunity, if you focus on the process, continues to grow. Right. And so if if that process leads you to this result and this result has, in the instance that I was talking about, the deal that I'm working on right now, you've got somebody who needs to sell their house, but their pain point is because they need to be in a different school district. Okay, so now I can solve two problems. Instead of just focusing on, oh, i got to get this deal. If I just get this deal, I get this deal, and, and I make money on that deal, and then it shuts off right there, and that's the end of it. Instead, I can follow through with the process find out exactly what it is that they need what is their pain point why are they needing to sell and what are they needing to do solve that problem and in turn have another opportunity right and when you when you do that you're turning a that's that's turning a customer into a client right and 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 that's where you start building that lifetime value because now they're going to refer somebody to us at some point they're going to give us an introduction they maybe know somebody that has capital to invest. They maybe know somebody that has another house that they need to sell right. or anything. You never know. And Jason said it a while ago, you never know. You never know where you're going to get that deal. And if you're focusing on one opportunity, <coughs> that opportunity may get solved by something else. Maybe they win the lottery. You never know. And so they end up paying off their, their, their uh, delinquent uh, mortgage or whatever the case may be. You don't know. And all of a sudden, that lead is gone. If you're not following the process, you're going to miss out uh, on other opportunities along the way. Right.
0: And we talked about that, especially with me. I love to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. And like, I want that so bad. I want to push it so bad. And I love that about the fact that this is live. With no edits, because it is a coaching process for anyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, and so it's like, and that's great. And you spoke with Russell Brunson at an event recently this year, mm-hmm. and Russell brought it up to me. Well, okay, you want to take it to the next level? Let's talk about all the different things that you can do with your talents. Right, you're a you're a songwriter. You're an MC. You're funny. You can do voiceovers. You can run a production system for live music. Then you can run it for. Investors uh-huh. or all these different people, we've got to get you to step outside yourself, look at the wide array of skills that you have, and apply those skills as different services instead of just focusing on what you love right. to
1: do. Doesn't mean you're not good
0: at it, but let's separate ourselves a little bit. Well,
1: uh,
0: it was a my, good lesson. My friend,
1: my friend Rob Vanilla Ice, same situation. He actually got pushed in a corner for himself to see that happen. Right, but you know he loves entertainment, loves singing, and everything finds himself in a in a lawsuit or whatever and then realizes look the entertainment is great right but how do i make a business out of that and then he starts becoming the he starts buying the rights to music right and then he becomes the music company right the publisher it's, it's the same thing it's the same thing in real estate he and he did the same thing in his real estate business he realized what he had done by by being the the publisher and the promoter And still enjoying entertainment and being able to entertain. So he's still on stages, but he also has other people that are on stages that he's making money from, right? And so same thing with real estate. He did the same thing and turned around and became the bank. And so he created a mortgage company. And so he's now lending. And Okay, so I did the same thing in my real estate, right? So what is it that you can do that allows you to make money off of something, put a business in place, and not have to put as much time on it? And that's, that's products that oftentimes comes with the infrastructure you've already built around your primary business. So if you take the time to build out that process and document the process so that, like Jason said, anybody can step in and see exactly in the process, because it's been documented along the way, where you stand. So maybe you've done something. Maybe we're working on a lead. Maybe I, I got a lead that came in. I answered the call when that lead came in, turned a cold lead into a warm lead, and Made an offer, walked through the waltz, and didn't come to terms, but they are interested in selling still. And so we're now into a follow-up mode, okay? And so we're following up. And maybe I follow up a couple of times. And then next week, one of my partners, say Lee, comes in, and he opens up that same lead, and he sees exactly where we are in the follow-up process, and then he steps in. And so it's now offering a different voice or a different personality to somebody And he can see exactly where we are in the process. So that's the same thing. We've built that foundation out, that infrastructure. And that is what, you know, like this morning I have said, I I basically laid out the mistakes that I'm making. But all that being said, we have still built our foundation. I mean, everybody is going to make mistakes. Michael Jordan misses shots sometimes, right? Missed shots sometimes. And so that's what we're doing here. I've got the foundation laid out. We've got multiple businesses going. How can we make those multiple businesses go from a $17 million company that we're we're at right now to a $100 million company? And that's by perfecting that process, continuing to get better, making it better, faster, more efficient. And you have to focus on that process so that anybody on our team can step in and take over where the ball is right now. Right. And that's why you've been able to step
0: out and travel the world and speak on stages because you've built that foundation. Exactly. If, you, if you're not on stage tomorrow, you can still make money from your business. Yeah, what I mean, we discussed, I was a performer and an entertainer for so long or I was the production guy for so long that if I don't show up to the gig, I'm not making any right. money. Right.
2: Well,
1: it's like, it's like the parable you know in the Bible of the guy that built his house on the sand versus the guy that built his house on the rocks. Okay? Oh, yeah. So, I've we, at least with our business, have started building our foundation on rocks. Okay? We've and, and on a sturdy foundation. We didn't start from the beginning and just started going after low hanging fruit from the beginning. We started building out a foundation so we have a step by step process in place. We started taking advantage of that somewhere along the way. And so as, you, as I sat back now and, and the, the four of us partners sat back and, and looked at what we were doing, we said, okay, here's where we're making some mistakes. And that's what business owners so often don't do. They, they aren't, how you change is how you succeed. And so, what we were doing was we had kind of built out our foundation, and we were doing it pretty well, and so we got to a point where, okay, if we're going to make this any better, we have to call Jason back and say, okay, we're implementing your model here, and this is where we're at. How do we make this better, faster, right. more efficient, and start to grow? And so, we didn't start from the beginning and just start, you know, throwing sticks up on, on sand. We started building that foundation. That foundation is now built. The framing is up. Now, how do we go and dry it in, right, and start start putting the roof on it, get it all dried in so that we can start building out the walls inside and everything and, and, then, and, and then get to the paintwork and stuff like that. And so that's what you've got to focus on is from the beginning and start building your foundation. Don't be short-minded. Look into the future. Think eight steps ahead. You've been joking about that this week. But right? it is true. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always looking at what I'm doing wrong right now and how can we make it better, but I'm looking at what I want my results to be out here right. and where I can be. And what do I need to do to get To fill that? it in. Exactly. Right. And, and how does, by doing this right here, affect the result out here? That's focusing on right. the process, not focusing on that result. Right. And I think it's,
0: everyone's got dreams. Everyone's got visions. I think most of the people that follow us online, I mean, we're in a day and age where we follow and engage with people that are active and right. they are out there hustling and working and grinding and doing deals or... Speaking on stages or doing whatever else, and I love seeing that on my feet. But like you said, what are the steps that are going to have to be taken to get to that ultimate, ultimate dream? Absolutely. You know, and and playing playing on the big stage and then not having something uh, in between to fall back on. Well, now now I need to fix these steps. Yeah. I was talking about that this weekend with some guys.
1: Well, so I mean, it's we 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 named the, this episode "Legacy Isn't Built from the Low Hanging Right." That low-hanging fruit is what comes simple, what are we comfortable right. doing, what's easy, what do we, we like doing. You don't have to like or love what it is that you do. You have to love business. Sometimes in your business, you're going to like one aspect of it. You're going to love one aspect of it, and that's why you created that business. But that business is not scalable on that one aspect only. And, and you're seeing that now, and I think it's right. starting to really register yep. with you. Your business has to be built around, you got to love business, And you got to love that little baby, but don't be so tied to that little part of that business that it it, it blinds you to everything, every other opportunity that you have. Right. And so if you really want to truly build a legacy, whether it's in real estate or any type of business, quit focusing on just being comfortable all the time and what it is that you really enjoy and like doing. And so that's all you're going to do. you got to get outside of that comfort zone. And make yourself better. You've got to get better by doing what it is that you don't like doing sometimes in order to grow and build something that's sustainable. All right? Right. And, and like you said, it's,
0: there's nothing wrong with having your strengths, but right. focus on building around those strengths. It's, you're going to be better at it yeah. in the long run anyway. And I made that post to, uh, the other day. Is it Sometimes you have to let go of that whatever it is so that you can pick up that next step. And sometimes we get stuck on that one yeah. thing, and then you never get to step three. Well, you four, said something that
1: I, that, I want to, that I kind of want to finish up on. You said, you know, we, oftentimes we focus on our strengths, and then that's all we both focus on. So you're only as good as your biggest weakness, though. So if you're right. just focusing on your strengths and you're not focusing on everything else, then you're, you're, you're just narrowing the gap as to what it is that you can do, right? And so then you're, you're, you're eliminating every other that's opportunity true. that you can do. You've got, to be, you've got to be able to focus on your weaknesses. It's like a basketball player, a professional basketball player. If they're not good at going left, there's guys that I've seen that have tied their right hand behind their back and only gone left constantly all practice for an indefinite period of time, right? And so now they get to the game, and a defender can't force them to the left because they're just as good left as they are right, okay? And so and the same thing with, with soccer, you know, European football. I mean, that's the same thing. You've got to focus on your weakness so that your opposition doesn't know where you're going to go. Right. Right? Yeah. All right, so I think that's a good one. To yeah, I like on. it. Awesome um, stuff. I will be uh, live again next week. We'll be back on time at 1030. we got you know Jason in the office today, so we were focusing on building out where our weaknesses were and focusing on those today. Uh, we'll be back on our normal time, 1030, next week. Awesome. We'll, we'll answer some questions. I'll answer questions again. I knew we would go a little bit long today, Uh, With Jason, so I'll do some uh, live questions uh, from our followers again next week.
2: Cool, rock on! Thanks, everybody,
1: guys.